It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Ah, thank you so much for tuning in today. Look forward to hearing from you again. 673-5890 is the phone number here in studio. We'll get you on the air and uh, and uh, talk. I had a chance yesterday. Uh, you probably heard me uh, various reports throughout the morning and early early afternoon. I had a chance to go and hang out at the barbecue pit stop. And uh, the the best thing about it, and, and as actually someone asked me, oh, you, you got to work that three hour uh, live remote. That's going to be hard. You, you're kind of dreading that. And I was like, well, you know, it, it is going to be hard. But the, the cool thing about it is I get to meet a lot of the people that call into the show or that listen every single day. And that part of it was incredibly fun. I really love meeting new folks and I appreciate you. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, some of you actually, you know, voice to me that, uh, yeah, you listen every day, but you're never going to call. And I understand that if you're not comfortable calling, I would encourage you though, if you, uh, you know, if you have something to say, uh, you know, call in and, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, whether it's, we're talking about gubernatorial race or COVID-19 or black lives matter Whatever the topic might you might want to talk about, sure love to hear from you today. I have a little piece, uh, about two minutes of audio I'm going to play for you. Uh, this actually happened earlier this morning. Uh, Bill Zimfer is our uh, political analyst. He lives over in, uh, in Washington, D.C. and covers the White House and politics in general for us. And uh, B- Bill and I had a conversation. It uh, was fairly lighthearted, but I wanted to get your take on what you thought about uh, what Bill had to say this morning morning. Uh, again, a little bit of it is tongue-in-cheek, so don't get too excited, but here's uh, here was that audio from earlier today. Right now, it's time for KDXU political analyst Bill Zimfer to join us. Bill, how are you? I'm doing great. It's Friday, Andy. It is Friday. Hey, I, I thought we'd play a little game today because I'm, I'm oh. not going to ask you to play the accordion, uh, but uh, in your studies of the president and uh, the presumptive Democratic nominee, uh, would you say... Uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden got in a boxing match. Who would win? <laughs> well, you know, this is my. Uh, this was an idea of mine that I had. I, I'm trying to think when this. This was a while ago where I thought, you know what? Because uh, there, were, at that time, there was some pretty, uh, pretty tough talk going on between the two when they were talking about each other's physical prowess. Right. Uh, and uh, Joe Biden happened to mention that he would uh, put uh, Donald Trump down or something. I thought, hey. Uh, let's have a pay-per-view match, yeah. boxing match between the two. We might be able to wipe out the federal deficit uh, <laughs> by, by putting that on pay-per-view. I know I'd pay to see it. Yeah, uh, I'd throw my fifty bucks in for sure. Absolutely. I, you know what? I, I, I would tend to go with Joe Biden here. I just yeah, think that, that surprised uh, me, by the way. Uh, after seeing Donald Trump uh, walk down that ramp at West Point uh, last week, I, I don't think he uh, he's too nimble anymore. Mm, that means uh, if we if we put him in a foot race instead of a boxing match, you probably still go with Joe, huh? Uh, uh, yeah, even uh, even Sleepy Joe, I think, could uh, could you know leg one out over Donald Trump. Okay, let's go let's go mental acuity. What if they were doing say a word search or a crossword puzzle? Who's who's going to pull that one out? <laughs> oh, I, there would be. I don't think either of them would. I think that uh, Joe Biden would get lost somewhere in the middle, and his mind yeah. would drift off somewhere. And Donald Trump would claim that it was a fake crossword puzzle, <laughs> and he wouldn't be able to do it either. 
I was a Bilson for a couple of hours ago this morning. I just, I, I, you know, I, I disagree with them. I think Donald Trump would probably kick Joe's butt in the, in the boxing match. But well, a couple of funny uh, moments there. One, of course, that, that might wipe out the federal deficit if we did a pay-per-view between the two. And then uh, there at the end, when I said, would they be able to do a crossword puzzle? Who would win? And he said, well, Joe would get lost on the way to the, doing the puzzle. And uh, Donald would call it a fake puzzle and not finish it on principle. Uh, good, good moments there this morning with Arcadia Super Political Analyst uh, Bill Zimfer, and uh, you know I, I don't know what do you guys think if we if we put those guys in the cage, you know, little little, little uh, ultimate fighting, Donald and Joe. <laughs> I don't know. I would pay to watch. I really would. And I I don't think I've ever ordered a paper. Well, I know I've never ordered a pay-per-view fight, but that might just be entertaining. Uh, all right, let's go to the phone lines. We've got a couple of callers on. We'll get to you as soon as we can out there, so be patient. Uh, go to line one. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Morning, Andy. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday and happy Father's Day coming up. Thank you, sir. couple things I take Trump, by the way. Yeah. And I don't know about this poll. It's just a poll that Fox put out, you know, it's yeah. 12%. Yeah. Biden, because what has Biden done to impress us, you know? And the poll had what, Biden up by like 11 points or something like that? Yeah, it was crazy high, but you got to break the poll down, I guess, to see the numbers. But anyway, I kind of missed yesterday's show. And you had the mayor on. You missed a good one. He was, It was lively for sure yesterday. Yeah. Sound like he was backpedaling a little bit because we do. My big question is: I guess he's not running for office this year, is he? Not this year. No, he's got a couple of years left. Because I would think he sure would take something they handed to him and hold it up like that. Because that mm. was <laughs> quite the sign, I guess. Well, I mean, I, this was off the record between me and Craig Bennett, but uh, we speculated that. You know, John's been a very popular mayor. This might be the kind of thing that would make it so he does not get reelected. And I hate to say that because I think he's a good guy and a good mayor, but that's boy, that was a big faux pas, in my opinion. Big lapse in judgment. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, you... looks like you got a good weekend, County. Yeah. I guess we're still yellow. Most of the counties around us are green, so I guess we got the numbers or whatever the heck. <laughs> yeah, we got well, and, and it was just announced this morning that uh, a couple of the long-term care facilities here in town have had uh, some outbreaks. One of them with five or six, and the other one with uh, three or four. And that's, of course, you know that that's the scary thing: the the vulnerable population when it starts to spread in there is is obviously is very deadly. That's true, but I just love these numbers they give. You know, when the person dies, they're aged between sixty and ninety or yeah. something. <laughs> one of them was between. That <laughs> I think one of them was between the ages of forty and seventy-nine. I'm like, that's a really big gap there, man. I mean, come on, can you narrow it down a little? <laughs> That'd be nice, but when you get the real numbers, you know, it's unfortunately the eighty and older seem to be taking the major hit from it. And yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's a sunny day, so thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks for the call. Good to talk to you. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. Ooh, turn your radio down. You there? Good morning, Andy. Hey, how are yes, you today? I'm great. So I see up on the news that up in today, today is Juneteenth, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so up in Seattle, the, the Chazistani people, those guys have decided 
that um, they're going to have this Juneteenth celebration, and they're fighting everything, all things racist. So they're going to kick all the white people out while all the black people stay in and celebrate Juneteenth. Yeah, Apparently I, we can't be. I we just can't be mixing that way. I just heard that on the news just just a few minutes ago that they were going to let only black people in their little. Uh, six-block utopia, whatever thing it is they have going. That sounds about as racist as anything I've ever heard right there. It's just blatant, complete hypocrisy, you know. Anyway, and but, but we here in Utah, we're not smart enough to be immune from such a thing. So up at BYU, 18,000 yeah. of us have signed some letter that says that we're they're going to force us all to take a class if we attend BYU to make sure that we're, we're not racist or that we're anti-slavery. You know, and I'm like, so if we're forcing someone to do something they don't want to do, okay, if it's yeah. what you say, but I, the hypocrisy in all of this to me is just beyond, we're eating our own. We literally are. And, you know, the, the thing that's funny about BYU, you think about the makeup of students at BYU, at, at least a third, maybe higher, ha, are people who have gone on missions, and most of those to a foreign mission where you're living and serving amongst people who are of a dis- different race, different culture, different uh, everything. And if anywhere, yeah. we, we would, anywhere would know about racial diversity and cultural diversity, it would be BYU. So that doesn't make any sense at all. No, no. I... Just a couple of things that just wanted to make my head explode again today. <laughs> yeah. It's been wanting to explode a lot lately. I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, don't explode, though. Love That'd your be show. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call today. Great to talk to you. Six seven three five eight ninety is the phone number if you want to call in on Open Line Friday. Yeah, I just was thinking, they put this petition together at BYU that says, oh, you should be required to, in order to graduate, you have to take a cultural sensitivity class or a class about uh, the history of other uh, races. And I'm just like, wait, at BYU, really? So, you know, if if I go to, say, I don't know, uh, Montana or North Dakota or Wisconsin, uh yeah, I could see maybe needing a class about that if you've, you know, if you've grown up and there is no racial diversity where you live. But come on, BYU, seriously. I, you know, I went to Philadelphia as a missionary. And for the first three and a half or four months of my mission, the only other white person I saw was my companion on my mission. And then at church, there was the, they had a little branch there and about half the people there were white. But otherwise, I was in a black ghetto for three and a half, four months. And you know what? I I mean, I learned a lot about cultural and racial diversity. And then I went to BYU and I got home. Yeah. The thing is, is uh, I knew about cultural and racial diversity a lot better than any stupid class was going to teach me. 20 minutes after nine, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Hey, Seth, what's up, man? Let's have some fun. Let's not be critical. Let's not ask any hard questions at all today. Why don't we just kick back and prepare for Father's Day? Mm, yeah, now I just read a study that, and I hate to get serious on you, but about 58% of children are not going to celebrate with their fathers in person because these are ones that have moved out of their house because of the COVID-19. A lot of them are afraid to go visit Dad. That's kind of sad. Well, we'll have to hook them up on Facebook or yeah, yeah. Or maybe, maybe a I, Zoom I, I meeting. Yeah. But- 
But the farmer's market is going to be open in St. George with kind of restrictions about how you get through and fewer vendors and, mm-hmm. and this and that. And people could go tomorrow morning and participate. But I've decided that's too far for me to go. Oh, really? I'm elderly. Uh, you're not elderly. You're just old. Thank you. And old. <laughs> and get a lot of problems. Uh, uh, so I'm going to set up Seth's Farmer's Market tomorrow on the corner of Highway 18 and uh, um, Pine Valley Road at that intersection and put out my little tent. And, and uh, as a master gardener, I got all kinds of, uh, I've got something called killer kale. You wouldn't believe how beautiful this kale is. And there's some purple ones and some uh, all kinds of greens and things that are growing in my garden in profusion. And, of course, I'm going to have some duck eggs. And something I've never, ever sold before, I'm going to sell some balutes. Some what? B-A-L-U-T. I was hoping you didn't say balut, because if you're talking about the Philippine balut, that is not something anybody should sell ever, Seth. I ate my first one this morning. I've got photographs of that, and, and, and it's a 14-day one, okay? They're, they go from 14 to 28. Okay? You, you might want to explain to people what balut is, Seth, and, and, and then maybe explain to me why in the world you think anybody would want that. You're fired. I can't. I can't talk about balut anymore. That is. Oh my goodness. My my son went to the Philippines uh, on a mission, and part of the rite of passage of being a missionary in the Philippines was they would give you your first balut. And most missionaries, it was their last balut too. Balut is a partially grown piece of poultry that uh, you you boil and peel and eat. And quite often they already have beaks, and you're supposed to eat that as well. And I just, oh man. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about hot tubs again or something or barbecue. I, I wonder if you could barbecue a bullet. Uh, no. Ooh. All right. 673-5890 is the phone number. If you want to call into the show, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Please let's not talk about uh, eating partially grown uh, uh, ducks or chickens or turkeys or whatever your balut might be please let's let's talk about something besides that and six seven three five eight nine zero uh man i 
I was I, I I'm going to admit I don't I have not had time to test the validity or to research the validity of this chart, but according to the author of this chart, they have cited sources of the uh, CDC, the WHO, World Health Organization, the Lancet, and uh, it was correct as so. These are numbers from February of last year, February and early March, said the disease deaths by day worldwide. Okay, so this isn't, uh, you know, the, the bulk of COVID has been in March and April and May, okay, uh, and even some June now. So th- these are early on, but uh, when things kind of went to heck in a handbasket in in early March, uh, they put this chart out. It was disease, disease deaths by day worldwide. Okay, and you would think COVID-19 is going to be right up there, right? I mean, obviously, we shut the whole world down practically for this thing. Uh, So this was as of March 9th. The disease deaths by day during the COVID pandemic was 56 worldwide. It's a bigger number now, but that, that gives you an idea of where we were at in early March when everything got shut down. At the same time, the disease deaths during that same time period from February to March 9th uh, tuberculosis, 3,000 a day. Hepatitis, 2,400 a day. Pneumonia, 2,200 a day. HIV, AIDS, 2,100 a day. Malaria, 2,000 a day. Shigalosis, which I don't even know what that is, 1,600 a day. Rotavirus, 1,200. Seasonal flu, 1,000. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that kill 1,000 or more, killed 1,000 or more a day during that time period. Do you remember the number I said for COVID during that time, same time stretch? 56. There were others, though. Norovirus was still killing 548 a day. Whooping cough, 440 a day. Typhoid, 396 a day. We're, we're not even getting close to, to COVID-19 yet. Cholera, 392 a day. Meningitis killed 329 a day worldwide. worldwide. Measles, 247 162 for rabies. Yellow fever even had more than COVID-19 and 82 a day worldwide. And then comes COVID. I think it was uh, 17 or 19 uh, in uh, deaths per day worldwide when we began shutting the world down in March. Do you do you see now? I, 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 I you know you fall into that trap of, of of saying COVID is a hoax or something. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. COVID-19 is serious. People are getting sick with it, people uh, are dying from it. But not on a scale that justifies what we did, what they did to the world, what what the World Health Organization did and China and the U.S. government has done to the world. It's just not justifiable. When you look at the numbers in the state of Utah, Utah, did I close that? uh, I must have closed the window. Oh, no, there it is. In the state of Utah, 14,600 people in the state of Utah have tested positive for COVID-19. There are approximately, and uh, with the new census we'll know for sure, but there are approximately 2.8 million people in the state of Utah. Now, keep these things in mind, all right? 14,600 people have tested positive out of 2.8 million. That's a really, really low number. But think about it even, even more specific. You only get tested... If, if you have a symptom or if you've been in close contact with something who had someone who had COVID-19. So all these tests that they gave 
272,000 tests, they only came back with 14,000 positives, which is like 5%. 5% of the tests given for people that are likely to have it, turns out they're not. They're 95% not likely to have it. And then you throw that in with the 2.8 million. 14,000, 2.8 million, is that 0.05% or something like that? And and they're shutting us down. They're you know we're not allowed to have concerts. Well, I guess we are now. We're doing it anyway. But they're shutting things down because of these little little teeny numbers. It, to me, it just it just, it's not justified. And I know the numbers are bigger now, but if you follow the tracking of the statistical tracking tracking of things, you will see that the numbers are still about five percent of people who are told they need to be tested, and go and get a test. Still, only 5% are testing positive. That's a low, low number for us to put people out of business and ruin their lives. All right, 673-5890, got some phone callers. Uh, let's go to line one. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you? Well, good morning, Andy. Morning. Great to talk to you today. Oh, well, it's Friday. Happy Father's Day, by the way, coming up. <laughs> Thank you. And as to you as well. Thank you. Okay, now, you just mentioned COVID, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, numbers. Mm -hmm. And we look at all of the mayhem that's been caused because of these. Yes. And, uh, yeah, relatively low numbers. Yeah, it's it's a wicked little beast, but let's go back and let's look at the numbers. And we've destroyed, like you said, we've destroyed businesses, livelihoods, on and on and on. And we've got phase red, phase yellow, phase green, phase uh, orange. Like you locked down. Um, Yeah. You know, on and on and on. And then there's the the words that chill me that I constantly hear. The new normal. Oh, yeah. I hate that. So what you're telling me is regardless of what happens, doesn't matter. This is the way it's going to be forever. Right. Right. We're not supposed to shake hands ever again. That's a new normal. Hmm. So we can't <laughs> shake hands. We have to stay six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to cut down the amount of people that can go into restaurants. Uh, we're not going to allow refills on sodas in restaurants. Right. And uh, Hugs are know, out of the all question. of these rules, restrictions, and, and regulations, and uh, so this is permanent. So what you're telling me is basically you're telling me I need to wear a mask wherever I go for the rest of my life, right? That's kind of the implication, yeah, if you're planning on getting within six feet of anybody. Well, I hate to tell the authorities and the powers that be, but they can pound sand. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm a responsible social distancer. I've been that way anyway. I'm kind of, (laughs) I guess you'd say I'm antisocial. I don't like being around a whole lot of people because... I run into most people. They turn out to be idiots. <laughs> my, my daughter, by the way, wears a shirt that says, I used to be a people person, but people ruined it for me. So <laughs> I need that shirt. Yeah. So, but, uh, but anyhow, I just want people to think long and hard about when you hear that. The new normal. Mm. So what they are telling you is regardless of what happens, regardless of a vaccine, regardless of anything else, they're going to keep their thumb on you. They're going to keep a noose on you. They're going to keep a chain or a leash around your neck. And they're going to control you. And they're going to track you. And they're going to take your temperature. And they're going to look into your eyes. And they're going to just go through everything and control every aspect of your life that they can. How convenient to use this crisis for it, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, by the way, I hate that word, those words, new normal. I know you do too. And to me, it's almost an oxymoron because normal isn't something new. Normal is something that you're used to and already have. And, uh, it just, it just, this just drives me nuts. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, and we're talking about the effects of this. I don't think we've even begun to feel the effects of what has happened here. I think all these riots and things that are going on and these uh, civil unrest, you got China and India fighting, you got North and South Korea fighting. Remember, the whole world's been on lockdown. And I think that all these things are at least indirectly associated with COVID-19. Yeah. Well, it's because... Uh, the vast majority of politburos around the world, including here in our uh, good old United States and even in our own supposedly conservative Utah, they've made damn sure that this good crisis doesn't go to waste. And if you don't believe that Gary Herbert is flexing power that he's never had before, hmm. how come Iron and Washington County are still on uh, non-green? Yeah, he, he wants he wants us to know who's boss. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're learning. Aren't so we? you know, yeah. it just—I uh, so want people to think about that because we've got an election coming up, and we've got a number of people running for governor. And even though they don't talk a whole lot about coronavirus, there's only one that I'm hearing that's talking about this totalitarianism is crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, His name's so Greg I just Hughes. Want folks, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I want folks to remember that. Now, if you want to live in a totalitarian society where the government takes your temperature, uh, makes makes you wear a mask regardless, um, forces you to do this, forces you to do that, and on and on and on, and then just at a whim, conveniently, we have another thing come up and go, ah, we got to lock you down again. If that's what you want, keep going the way we've been going. Yep. Yep. Good call. Thank you. Good to talk to you today. Right. Have a good weekend. It's time for Open Line Friday on The Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on The Andy Griffin Show. That's today. Love to hear from you. 673-5890 is the phone number here in studio. Again, if you call and it just rings and rings, there's a reason for that. Our our, uh, hold system right now is not working properly. And so I do notice your calls, and I will get to them. But uh, don't give up. Keep trying. 673-5890. You just won't go on hold. It'll just ring and ring and ring, and it may give you a message, and then you'll have to call back. But uh, keep trying. I'd love to hear from you today. Thanks again to all the people that came over to the barbecue pit stop yesterday and said hi to me. I got to meet many of you. Uh, the overwhelming uh, uh, thing I've been told when people meet me in person is, oh, you're older than you sound on the radio. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I had one guy call. I remember the first month I was on the air when I took over for Mike McGarry here. Uh, guy called and said, you don't know. How long have you been on here? You're, you're 20. What are you, 20? You, you don't know anything. You don't have experience that I have. And I said, well, how old are you, sir? And he said, I'm I'm 53. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I'm 54. But thank you for your opinion, sir. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken or a balut. <clears throat> There's that word again. Uh, so, But I'd love to hear from you today. 673-5890. Now, anybody that knows me knows I'm a pretty mellow guy. I don't get... I don't get upset much. It, it takes a lot to get a lather going for me. Uh, I, I, the things that get me upset, uh, uh, you know, I, I feel like things should be fair. I don't, I don't mean things should always be equal, but I like things to be fair. Somebody told me once, well, life's unfair. Get used to it. I, I, don't, I, don't, 
I don't buy that. I think we all should get a fair shake. I believe in that. And I think for the most part, the American dream is alive. If you work hard, life is fair, and you work hard, you'll get ahead. Uh, and, and so, like I said, I don't, I don't get, I don't get angry very much. Uh, for whatever reason, I have one little mini pet peeve, uh, and it's a stupid one. And I actually wish I could get rid of it. But when I'm concentrating, say I'm, uh, you know, I'm a writer. Say I'm writing at my keyboard. Uh, or uh, or even working on an email or, or 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 something like that. If someone eats behind me, uh, crunching potato chips or eating uh, hard candy or whatever it is, oh, that that's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. That drives me crazy. And my wife, my wife's like, "What's well, a big deal?" But she knows I have a problem with this, and I have ever, ever since we've been dating, and probably before that. But uh, and and through the years, we've had to inform each of our children that, like, if dad's working, you don't you don't eat cereal or potato chips in the neighborhood of dad when he's trying to concentrate. That gets me fired up. Uh, but. Uh, you know the the reasonable things I get fired up about are uh, when when people take away freedoms from those of us that are supposed to be free. I believe in freedom with my every every ounce of my soul that we should be allowed to do, uh, allowed to live, allowed to make choices, and we're going to screw them up and we're going to make bad choices occasionally. But I think we should be allowed to make the choices, and and and, and if we have to pay for them in the long run, then that's fine. Uh, and and there's just been a lot of freedom that's been taken away with with COVID nineteen and and honestly in Utah we've been more fortunate than most because even with the uh, code green code yellow code orange whatever uh, at least they have been pretty much guidelines or even I would say suggestions might even be a better word for it there are places around the country and around the world where they weren't guidelines these were laws and restrictions and you know you were getting arrested or cited if you were breaking their guidelines and i i haven't seen that happen in utah except for the idiots that were turning over cop cars and stuff like that so i i don't you know i i'm grateful we live where we live and that we've 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 been able to keep some of the freedoms but i see so many freedoms being ripped away from people and it it makes me me mr mel it makes me angry let's go back to the phone line caller you're on with andy this morning what's on your mind today I thought you said in the past that you went to Utah State. I graduated from Utah State, but I went to BYU for a year and a half first. I see. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you didn't think that they needed the diversity training at BYU. To me, that's probably one of the least diverse universities in the country because they have a horrible past of discrimination on that campus discrimination you know, toward, for, toward who toward uh, other toward, races oh yeah yeah towards blacks you but, know for many years a lot of other athletic teams would not play BYU because of their racial stance the only reason they started allowing black athletes is they couldn't get anybody to play them hmm. I, you, you, you teach on when you were on your mission, how long has it been since you've been on your mission? Oh, wow, 34 years. Okay, well, four years ago, the missionaries taught that the blacks were not worthy of the priesthood. And I think that has carried forward 
to the opinion that BYU is not a very diverse school. But what, what about people like me that went and served among the African-Americans for my, like I said, my first four months of my mission, it was, that's all I knew was black people. And you know what? I never, I never felt racism, uh, in that area toward, toward black people. Well, I, you're I, changing I, the subject now about BYU. Well, no, what I'm saying is I went to BYU and I, a lot of people went to BYU who were in other cultures. And that was my whole point about BYU is you have, I would say, a third of the population of BYU have, has been very, very culturally diverse. Oh, I think we better check on that one third. But uh-huh. anyway, I don't, I don't want to continue to b- debate something that you're so one-sided on and I'm so I don't understand your I don't understand your stance against COVID. You must be competing with that girl over on 1450 because she's very anti-COVID. And no, well, but but her stance is it's all a hoax and it's not real. I've never ever said that. I know it's real. I know people who have had COVID-19 and I I would never ever say it's not real. But I think I'm that glad. it's overblown. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, you might be right on being overblown, but it's it's real. And if it ever gets out of hand and we have these big things like Uncle Donald is going to have tomorrow, it's dangerous. But do you remember the riots, the, the riots and, and the, the protests? They were all two weeks ago. Two weeks is the incubation period. I've not heard one single COVID-19 case reported that were people at these protests. Well, so, I don't know where you've been. There's been a tremendous spike in COVID-19 in some places. Yeah, but has there has anybody been able to connect it to the protests? I mean, well, I, I I'd know. like it's, to see I mean, it if they have. It's coming from somewhere, and I want to see what Tulsa's like in about three weeks. You're right. That'll be fun to watch. Appreciate the call today. Uh, let's go to line three. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you? Hey, Andy. Hey, what's on your mind today? So, well, unfortunately, that last guy, you know, makes comments that get people riled up, and I fell for it. But he's talking <laughs> about BYU being not diverse. But what about all of these black colleges? that don't allow they don't allow white people to their school you're right grambling you heard of grambling grambling brown or maybe not brown i don't know jackson state yeah yeah and so obviously byu is not the least diverse uh university and then um a high majority of people of people at byu are returned missionaries and most of the time when they go out they get a course in diversity Big they time. go out, like you were saying, you work in it. I served a mission in South Africa uh, like five or six years after apartheid ended. So I, I got a course in diversity. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't think they need to have these courses. And so that, that's my opinion. Well, I appreciate the call. Well said. Thank you for, for checking in today. Let's go. We'll bring it back around to line one. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? Um, well, Andy, good morning. Morning. Um, want to talk a little bit about uh, the mayor and yesterday's conversations and so forth. And interesting, remember, wasn't it? Well, it, it was interesting, and I think there's uh, a, a, a path forward, to use uh, the left's uh, terms, mm-hmm. that if we were to implement it, we could begin to at least talk about the truth instead of what people think is the truth. 
And, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan once said that the trouble with our liberal liberal friends is uh, not so much that they are ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Yeah. And so when you look at, you know, what's happening in our country today with all this rioting and and so forth, uh, the, the George Floyd incident is so fresh and so uninvestigated, and there's been no determination based on our legal system that, you know, we're, we're trying to try these cops in uh, the public opinion. And, of course, what we saw is, is horrible, and I don't think they're going to be able to justify those actions. But that's a specific situation. So let's go back to a case that's been, it's five years ago, and it has been adjudicated, and all of the facts are known. And that would be Michael Brown. Michael Brown, yep. Yeah, in Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, do you remember, and you're being a sports guy, you may be able to pull this off the top of your head. There was a football team that came out on the field, uh, you know, hands up, don't shoot. Uh, do you recall that? Yeah, I recall the situation. I don't remember the team, though. Yeah, and, and it's not important, the team. The, the point is, is that we've got an NFL team uh, holding their hands up, you know, hands up, don't shoot. How many people know that that didn't happen it's a lie right and completely inaccurate yep exactly and and black lives matter kind of seemed to start some time around there and that was a uh you know a main point of theirs that this cop shot this poor man who was standing there with his hands up pleading don't shoot and he was gunned down that didn't happen it's a lie so so i think that you know what we need to be able to do is talk about the facts and the truth. And the truth is, each one of these is an individual case that needs to be dealt on the individual facts. Now, in, in George Floyd's case, and again, you know, we'll, we'll see how this all pans out, but this wasn't an innocent man walking down the street. He had passed uh, some counterfeit money, apparently, mm-hmm. allegedly, and the store owner called the police. Well, that's how the police got involved. They weren't cruising up and down the street looking for a, a man to kill. And so the facts do matter. And I think that, and this is really what I, what I wish Mayor Pike would, would uh, take this stance, is that let's talk about specifics and let's talk about our area because we're not accountable or responsible for what happens in the rest of the world. Right. Only right here in our own community. And Mayor Pike, I, I realize, he, I think he was trying to please everyone. And the problem with that is you're going to fail. You can't please everyone. You end up pleasing no one. You have to stand on principle. You have to stand on values. And and above all, let's stand on the truth. And so the truth is, here in St. George, I'm not aware of any uh, problems where we've had police shoot uh, unarmed or innocent men or whatever, uh, you know, the, the case may be. We need to talk about specifics. And if we'll begin to do that, Mayor Pike could have stood up and, and instead of, uh, you know, holding up a sign that I'm not sure he can even, you know, explain what that meant. Well, I don't think anyone can because it's just it's a blanket statement. It would be like me saying all Mormons are uh, are liars. And I use Mitt Romney or uh, Harry Reid as an example. Mm. Well, OK, Mitt Romney's an individual and so is Harry Reid. And I know lots of Mormons that are honest, decent folks. And so to just throw that out there is just, uh, it's, it's counterproductive. It doesn't help to paint everybody with a broad brush, brush because we're individuals. And so really what I'd like for all of our leaders to do, especially President Trump, 
stand up and push back against these lies. Black lies, of course they matter. Every life matters. But if you try to say that in front of somebody who is predisposed, that they have an agenda, they're going to reject that, and somehow you don't get it. Well, I think they don't get it. They're operating from lies. Uh, more cops shoot more white people than black folks. And, and the facts are there. The truth is there. But we're, we're all seem to be falling into this lie because now we're taking Aunt Jemima off of, you know, uh, syrup mm-hmm. uh, things. I mean, we've, we seem to have lost our minds. We need to stop and say, wait a minute. Of course black lives matter. Every life matters. What really matters is your actions. Your actions matter. And if you don't want to get in trouble with the law, well, then how about don't resist arrest? How about don't run from the police? How about don't try to grab the cop's gun? That's what Michael Brown did. Michael Brown was trying. Everybody says he wasn't armed. Well, he wasn't, but he was certainly trying to become armed. And how about don't break things or steal things? Your actions matter. And, of course, all lives matter. But we need to start talking about the truth. And when somebody stands up and, you know, hands up, don't shoot, we need to call them on that. That's a lie. It didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. You know, you bring up a couple of things. Uh, You talked about uh, Aunt Jemima. Uh, The lady that Aunt Jemima was patterned after, the bottle of syrup, was actually a heroic uh, African-American woman who was one of the early business owners. Her name was Nancy Green. She was a hero. They weren't basing that bottle's not based off of slavery. You know, we want to get to the truth, get to the truth. Rayshard Brooks died in Atlanta this week, and they just charged the guy that shot him with murder. Rayshard Brooks, Brooks resisted arrest. He wrestled away a taser from a police officer and shot one of them with that taser. As he's running away, he turns around to fire again, and that's when he gets shot. Everybody's, oh, you, a cop, white cop shot a black guy in the back. Yeah, he did. But that black guy had just wrestled and shot one of them with a taser, was, was on the run, had turned to fire. Would you have done something different? I mean, let's talk about the truth. Would you out there, would you have done something different than what happened to Rayshard Brooks? I don't think so. I, I think that everybody, black, white, yellow, purple, red, orange, I think every police officer would have reacted like that police officer did. And now they're going to try to charge him with murder. I think the facts are going to come out in this case. They're going to find out that Brooks uh, caused physical harm to both officers. Brooks shot one of them with, one, with the taser. Um, Brooks, well, I heard he gave one of the cops a concussion. Hit him so hard he gave him a concussion. And now they're going to charge a police officer with murder because he was afraid for his life. It's all to appease the mob mentality. And it's uh, it's just frustrating. It's, it's unbelievable to me. Uh, we're running out of time. If you want to call, probably have time for maybe one or two more calls. Six seven three five eight ninety. I did want to uh, mention. Uh, I was at Barbecue Pit Stop yesterday. If you're not in the barbecue, I'm sorry. I am. I loved it. Uh, I had a great crowd. A lot of people call or come by and say hi to me. And we we gave away a bunch of pizza certificates and some smoothies. They had some tri tip there, uh, and it was it was a good time. But I do want to mention real quick the winners uh, are drawing third place. Diana Thatcher, second place, Michael Tolman, first place, Janet Brinkerhoff. Janet won a package of uh, barbecue tools uh, to help with her barbecue. It's like a 70 something dollar value. Pretty cool. But, all right, now let's real quick go to a couple of phone calls. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? Hi. I saw a film 
on Facebook mm-hmm. of the same kind of situation where two police officers pulled a gentleman over and um, they tased him because he was wrestling with them, resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. And um, he finally got around to where he got one of their guns. Oh, boy. He shot both of them. Oh. And continued shooting through he got into the police car continued shooting stole the police car hmm. that's I, I mean yeah what what are you going to do when you're when you're charged with keeping the police and you're physically harmed and that suspect is still at large and still going to harm you i, I mean the, they were fearing for their lives absolutely absolutely and it could have, he could have gotten one of their guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I, I cannot, I cannot believe they're charging that, that police officer with murder. And I cannot believe that, uh, I mean, it's almost like a witch hunt. Salem witch trials. That's what it feels like. We got a white cop. He killed a black person. Let's string him up. That's what it feels like. All right, Collie, you're on with Andy. Got about a minute and a half left. What's on your mind? You there? Hello. Hello. You're yeah, there? yeah, that's you. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, listen. A comment that's a little more diverse, but uh, along the thing, I know it's real. But my comment. Darn, we're, we're losing you. I cannot hear you. Uh, give it one more try, and then I have to move on. And I, I take that with COVID, suggesting that COVID is here, and it's and it's part of. Our world, if you will, is part of society, part of the plan, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The element that, that I tie to that is is close to like be a global warming or otherwise. You know, at one point we were underwater right here. One knows about it, but the yeah. people would assume that because man is here, nothing should change. Nothing should change. Nothing should be different. Well, that that's not what reality is if you want to talk about truth and reality just because man's here doesn't mean that things are to remain constant but they will not be constant and this this virus is just critical and and to, to think that we are going to combat nature in my mind is really kind of kind of crazy i know i know we can yeah control it a little bit or whatever it's almost arrogant, like man. Yeah, like man is in control of the, of nature. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm sorry. It's time for a uh, commercial and news. But thanks for calling in, everybody. Thanks for listening today.